Hey, hey, friends, and welcome to World Domination. I'm your host, Monica Ferguson, and you are in the perfect place to learn how to grow, how to become an even more amazing version of you, and to connect into a community of like-minded people who are all walking this path and aren't afraid to share the highs and the lows of chasing your dreams. I'm so glad you're here with us. Now let's get into this week's episode. Hey, hey, beautiful people, Monica Ferguson here, and welcome to my latest episode of World Domination. This week, I bring you Gina Faye Madden, who is the queen of this topic. She has a business called Soulmate Strategy. She works with conscious entrepreneurs to make massive impact and massive money, and always from such a heart-centered place. So it was so exciting to speak with her about feminine and masculine energy, because actually, we have to acknowledge that we live in an energetic world, right? This nine to five vibe is leading to so much burnout. We're not listening to our own bodies. We're not listening to our own authority. And so this conversation got into so much around how this actually looks in real life. How do we actually balance these two? How do we manage them? How do we even know? Are we more masculine or more feminine? What does it all mean? Stay tuned, friends. This is a game changer. Okay. Welcome back, Jenna. Hey, so excited to be here. <laughs> right back here. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. I am, um, yeah, so much has happened since since we last talked. And so many things have happened this morning. I was like, oh, I can't wait to talk to Jenna about this. Short, <laughs> short story time. So um, obviously we're talking about feminine versus masculine energy today, which I think is so important with everything that's going on in the collective right now. But um, I had you pop into my head a couple of days ago, which was so funny. So October last year, you put something up on your story that changed my life. <sighs> and it pop- and it was around, I could almost quote it for you word for word. It was around uh, money and that money is an amplifier. And it was around how, and it hit me so hard because coming into this lesson of actually needing to stop and learn how to receive has been the biggest thing I reckon on my spiritual journey so far. I was so in that hustle, 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 make it happen, earn it, work for it, baby, like that kind of zone. And the story of yours just popped up and it was like, this was so for me. And it was around that the universe isn't going to give us more if we're burnt out and exhausted and drained and we're asking for more money the universe isn't going to give us more clients more responsibilities if we're not nurturing ourselves now and this popped into my head again two days ago and I was like oh timing and then I actually found I saved it in my favorites folder on my phone your stories I've got a big picture of your face saved on my phone (laughs) (laughs) hashtag creeper Um, and I was like this is just the most amazing timing so and I think for you you are the absolute queen of this the embodiment of what it means to be this incredible leader purposeful driven while also being in your feminine so you just talk for 50 minutes about this I'm just gonna sit here and like stare at But yeah, I'm I'm so excited. And I mean, where do we even start with this? Like, what do you want people to know about this topic? I know it's a big thing to just throw at you, but <laughs> these are these are good. This is a good start. There's a lot for us to dive into today because it's such a hot topic. I mean, on the money side of things, money truly is an amplifier. And I can say from my own experience that when I was really, really burnt out, feeling a lot of pressure then I was able to get to a certain point, but at the same time, my soul kind of capped me out and kept me at a certain level because yeah, I was like, well, you don't need more of that. You're having trouble handling all of this. Why would we give you more? Um, Versus now that I've moved through more of that. And I mean, of course I still have next level and next level and next level more things to tap into, but this month has been my biggest financial month ever yet I've been working way less. I mean, we're recording this and I'm in my jammies. And, <laughs> and you went there. I'm so proud. <laughs> yeah, I went there. And at the same time, of course, I'm still showing up. I'm still doing things, but it's a totally different energy in how I'm showing up from even a year ago or two years ago, which shows me why everything has become amplified in a really good way, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's, I mean, it sounds so counterintuitive. And even like listening to this now, I'm like, I get it. But 
listening to this even a year ago or depending on my mood even a week ago you know it's like you jump online and you see some coach going on about just push through just hustle just challenge yourself and I noticed this real resistance come up in me now where it's like where do we find the balance between knowing when to push yourself and sometimes you just are in a funk and actually getting moving is what's going to make you feel really good versus actually knowing when to slow down and to receive. I think this is a good question and a good opener for the feminine masculine stuff that we're going to talk about today because yeah it is all about finding a balance and a synergy and when someone is more feminine which I'm sure we'll talk more about how to distinguish but if someone is more feminine and they're hitting resistance and things feel hard and, you know, there's pushing through most of the time that isn't actually creating better results. It's just actually feeling harder. And so for a more feminine person, when things are hard, let's say the solution isn't necessarily doing more. It's not necessarily pushing through. It might be still taking action, but maybe it's actually dancing and getting more embodied. Maybe it's clearing your schedule and having a creative day like there's still things happening but it's oftentimes not the burning through of the resistance so to speak whereas someone who's more masculine and you think of the average guy and I mean women can be masculine too but if you think of the average man they kind of get off by like being on their edge you know by things being challenging and so for most men let's just say if I'm going to generalize the example of this if they're hitting resistance, then there's like oftentimes a level of just push through. And sometimes men need more feminine support and vice versa. But just to give an example, you know, of most women being more feminine and if things feel hard, which is kind of how our society is operated, is just very, very masculine, regardless of gender, regardless of our core essence, as I like to call it, of feminine masculine. It's like, just push through, just work harder. And it, that doesn't work for most women. and some men as well yeah yeah it's crazy eh? like if we actually look at the way our society is built it is it's that we've got to earn we've got to strive we've got to meet all of these expectations that will be and it, like for me my interest in this actually came about from the self-worth piece because you know that's that's my focus and it's like I when I got really honest with myself I was like man, I don't act like I'm worthy. I don't treat myself like I'm worthy. I'm constantly trying to earn it. I'm trying to um, have a massively full calendar to feel important. And I'm trying, I'm measuring my worth based on what other people think of me, like likes on social media, all this kind of crap. And it's like, it's so counterintuitive to what we've been taught because that is what we're taught, right? Like the ego, what we have, what we do, and what other people think of us. So should we, should we backtrack to what you were just speaking about that how can we tell the difference between the feminine masculine like what we are (laughs) totally totally yeah and so for some of us it's going to be really clear really definitive and other people it's almost equal like I would be one of those people where I would say I'm I'm very close to equal and at my true core I would say I'm like 55 60 feminine and you know 45 40 masculine like I do spend a lot of time in my masculine and I have a lot of things that I operate in in that dynamic but if I strip it all back like I'm still primarily feminine so if you're Mm. listening to this right now just know that you might even find it's kind of a gray zone and it might be hard to get clarity but it's not about getting it right and it also doesn't mean that you can't change throughout your life so our core essence is really which one is like our lead energy which yeah. one is the one, and this is the thing too, where you bring in conditioning, you bring in all of these things. Some of us really truly are say feminine at our core, but we've been so conditioned and trained to be in our masculine that it, it gets a little fuzzy. It's like, which, which one am I actually? It's more of an identity thing at that point. But if you strip yeah. it all back and just tune into your heart, and if you're listening to this, feel into with your intuition, which one is more important to you? If you could only pick one. Is it being cherished and feeling loved or is it feeling respected and feeling on purpose? Because feminine is really driven by love, like being love, experiencing love. You know, it's the kind of thing if you think of like for me, that's how I know it's more important to me than being respected. Whereas the masculine 
that's more important. And there's nothing wrong with either one. But if I think of me, definitely, if I strip it all back, love is really what fuels it for me. And feeling that connection with people, feeling love throughout my day and in my interactions, like that is more important to me versus when I think of my husband, he's definitely driven by all those things. It's not like that's not there, but for him, you know, in his marketing and how he shows up in his business, how he shows up in his life, it's a little bit more about kind of being on his edge, you know, about things feeling Mm. challenging, about it being deep, about sometimes I wouldn't say respect in like an ego way, but to feel like really on purpose is a better way maybe to put it. And to me, those things are important. But if I strip it all back of what's most important, it's the love piece. And I really was able to pinpoint that in my business because when I was so much being like on purpose, things felt kind of hard. Things would hit a glass ceiling. Things just didn't flow as much as they could versus when I really came back to love, everything opened up versus say my husband, who's more masculine dominant, when he was too much in like the love and just his feelings with things, he was confused on his purpose. And Mm. for men of like a man without a purpose, like that's a downward spiral. So it's like, you got it for someone who's more masculine. It's like driven by the purpose infused with love, a more feminine oriented person at their core is driven by love, like peppered in with like purpose and still, you know, having those pieces. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally, totally. And I love this conversation because potentially we could delve into, you know, politically incorrect areas, which I think is awesome because actually one, like one of my favorite mentors, he used to talk about this, that, you know, if we're talking about business as such, like, I love what you were just saying about we have we've learned how to be masculine we've learned how to hustle and compete and it's survival of the fittest and if you've got it then I can't have it so I have to take you down you know that kind of approach um which is so different to the feminine aspect of connection and nurture and we're all together community kind of thing um and he was saying that yeah that it goes against the feminine nature to be hustling driven like that kind of vibe and he said it's so politically incorrect to say that because we are in this age where where we're saying everyone's equal and it's like of course we are everyone's value and worth is inherently equal but we're built differently and that's our power right actually figuring that out and then work like playing that to its full advantage but we're not allowed to say that (laughs) totally yeah like cancer culture is huge and you know taking taking all the variations of gender out of it, if we just start with anyways, like feminine, masculine, in terms of female, male, when we look at that, like women operate on a monthly cycle, men operate on a 24 hour cycle. So it's like a very different energetics. And that's not even taking into the energy of the fact, of course, we all have feminine, masculine energy within us. There's many different gender things happening in our world, but if just like stripping it back to the basics of that, even even on a biological level, men and women operate differently. And yeah. it, it's something that, especially for women, hasn't really been taught or really integrated into our society. And it's becoming more so, you know, a lot more people talking about their moon cycles, talking about energy. Like it's definitely becoming more of a, a vibe for sure, but it's definitely not yeah. a mainstream thing even yet you know in terms of how even the mainstream workforce operates and what people learn in schools and you know everything else I didn't know anything about feminine masculine energy or um, more of kind of my own feminine stuff as a woman either and how I could integrate that into my life and into my day that was just not even on my radar yeah yeah so can you tell us about your particular journey because I know you share a lot about hitting that absolute burnout and just giving so much and was that kind of for you where your this education I guess kind of started to come through for you around being more in your feminine I would say so I would say it was something of interest to me even before that probably starting about seven years ago when I was getting into energy work into Reiki all of these things so I was becoming educated about it but I wouldn't necessarily I was fully say I was fully embodying it yeah um definitely one of those things where I was better at giving advice to others than maybe implementing (laughs) it myself yeah and then hitting (laughs) adrenal fatigue and burnout definitely made me have it pause right because I amplified 
just like how money can be an amplifier same with this kind of stuff so it like really amplified for me of like oh I'm really out of sync with these things I'm way too in my masculine I didn't know how to stop thinking about work how to stop doing and just being so it kind of forced me in a way if I wanted to keep growing to explore and really apply more of that stuff but interestingly enough you know it doesn't really stop like I know for me on my journey really hitting adrenal fatigue I would say was late 2019 early 2020 so a year and a half or so ago and it was a build-up over time and then it's funny because even in my posts six months ago three months ago I would say things like when I was in adrenal fatigue but something that's really humbled me more recently is like oh I don't actually think I quite came out of it I've, I've definitely shifted how I show up how I run my business I'm definitely more balanced with my feminine masculine but I've also seen the ripple effect of say adrenal fatigue and how it's totally fucked my hormones and that actually I still have a lot of healing and things to do from being so out of sync so it's like a true multi-layered healing process um, to say the least so it's it's definitely been a journey yeah 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 so if we look at let's say over a week or so in your life how does this actually show up in terms of action that you take so for example being in your pajamas right now and chilling yeah like I love that um but in terms of like actual you know how does this look in your life the masculine the times that you show up in your masculine versus the times that you show up in your feminine I think this is a good question so a couple layers of it for me is number one because I'm more in tune now with my actual cycle like my moon cycle as a woman then that dictates really how I set up my schedule for the month. So I kind of start there. So like I'm supposed to get my period in a couple of days. So this mm-hmm. week is kind of more cozy, a little bit more internal. Um, I've been focused on more like admin, you know, doing my taxes and that kind of stuff. Not a yeah. lot of interaction, but you're awesome. So we're doing it anyway. <laughs> you know, I have a pretty light schedule this week. <laughs> That just allows me to kind of free flow. So it's actually a pretty feminine kind of week. I'm still doing stuff, but um, it's very just kind of free flowing, not very structured, which allows me to still show up versus pushing really hard all week and then feeling like I need to fully take a week off because I'm so burnt out. So how I plan my week, you know, when I look at things like in my business, if I'm going to start a new program, I'm not going to start it like the day I'm supposed to start my cycle. It's like, okay, I'm going to start it like a week or two after when I'm in a higher energy state. So I really map out things in advance as much as I can, because obviously sometimes we don't like nail it with the exact date, but I try to estimate what kind of energy state I'm going to be in. And I track that to set up my month. Um, I also take a month, uh, not a month, I wish, (laughs) a week (laughs) off every month called a flex week. And so I try to kind of plan that in and around my more internal times of the month so then I don't have so many obligations. So I just am kind of coming out of flex week this week into a more regular week in the business. And that's huge for me of just being able to have like a chunk of time Mm. where I'm very much able to flow. Like I'm very much in my feminine. I'm like just doing what feels good. And then I also have weeks in the business and days in the business and in my life where I have a lot going on lots of client calls lots of things to do um, lots of social things going on and I plan those in very intentional ways so that I feel like I'm at my optimal energy state and so that things feel easier for me and so definitely in my day-to-day I'm still doing stuff like being in our feminine doesn't mean not doing but it means really prioritizing our being and our energy state and how we feel first and foremost. And I find if we have too many things on our plate, it's really easy to just skip that all day and numb ourselves out just like on the computer, on our devices, skipping meals, you know, all this stuff that we don't feel really in our body. And to me, that's such a core part of the feminine is being really in our body and really connected to our emotions, really connected to our energy. Whereas the masculine's more about presence so that does require a level of embodiment too, but it's kind of from a different different angle, different space, you know, because to be present with your purpose is really, really important or to be present as a man or a masculine dominant person speaking to your partner, to be able to listen, like those things are very important, um, yeah. but it runs on kind of a different cycle. Yeah, 
Yeah. Oh, so good. Okay. I've just written down three questions. Oh, perfect. <laughs> and then I've got two, like 20 more like playing in my head. Before I even read one of these questions, I keep seeing the word boundaries in my head. Can you speak about the importance of boundaries? <laughs> oh my gosh. Where do I start? Um, boundaries, boundaries have been a huge thing for me. And I think for so many of us, I mean, we could do an episode just on boundaries, but mm. I feel like in the context of this conversation, boundaries really allow us to spend time in our zone of whatever our lead energy is more. And yeah. we have, you know, it's kind of that idea of like, we treat people how to treat us. So when I was like super in my masculine and overworking, well, then I had clients that expected me all the time. I had, you know, my partner expecting me to like hold it all, do it all, be it all. And so I had to start bringing in boundaries in order to create these like intentional pockets in my life where I could just be and not be obligated to anything, be more creative, be more in flow. Um, the, you know, sometimes there was pushback also too, just with, you know, family and friends and people who don't get it so to speak, where, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, they're like, well, you used to always do this. Why don't you do that now? Or you're not who you used to be, or, you know, all these things that are really just a sign of growth, yeah. um, which is so important. More recently too, I've been having to set a lot of boundaries in different ways. Boundaries, like as I've had more success, then I've had lots of um, family, friends and stuff assume that now I owe them something. Not like in the way where I was in debt to them, but like, oh, you're having success. Well, you must just have like money in your bathtub, like, would you like to pay for me to get braces? You know, it's like random stuff where then I set a boundary yeah. and say no, or I've had really interesting things go on within family dynamics, because there's obviously a lot of ancestral healing and stuff going on in our world yeah. right now. And I've noticed that as I become more embodied, as I experience more success, it'll become mirrored back where I'll have like drama going on in the family where it's like an energy leak where I have to set boundaries of just not really being available to participate in that yeah, um, yeah. or to like give my power away to that. And so that's been really important because I know for me personally, I am really good at slipping into being like the savior, the people pleaser. And yeah. <laughs> when I do that, it's like, that's how it contributed before to my spiral of being completely out of whack with my energies because I basically was the last priority. I was not focused on nourishment. I was not focused on self-care, you know, what felt good to me. It was kind of prioritizing everyone over myself, which to me is basically just self-sabotage at like a core level yeah. because we're just putting everything above ourselves usually so we don't have to do our own healing or like look at our own stuff. So it was a way for me to numb out and distract myself from going deeper into this because if everybody else needs me, I'm like, oh, I don't have time. <laughs> I don't have time to look at this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I resonate with so much of this. I read that exact quote the other day around um, that, you know, looking after everyone else first is actually, it was pretty brutal that it was written, but effectively what you said, you know, it was like, yeah. it's not loving to do that. And, but we think it is and we feel good. And, and I had to sit and call myself out a little bit and be like, this whole thing of, it's masked as service but it's not actually service yeah. it's so easy though to be like well I'm a leader I'm here to serve so I'm just going to give 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 someone's messaged me and they want some help so I'm just going to respond to them and then I'll watch the rest of my movie and then I'll go outside and then I'll take my walk and it's like that can happen a thousand times a day and what's so totally. interesting what just popped into my head then was um there's been this real balancing in my life of the masculine and the feminine and you triggered this feminine thing like in October I shit you not this oh. was this this was legit the start of this this real whoa I've just been betraying myself my whole life just giving 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 you know all my power away and I was just thinking then what's interesting is that I have this real um thing around boundaries now but it's it's quite triggering where I'm very aware of it like when someone pushes my boundary I get angry like I actually get and I don't take it out on them but I'm very aware of this like <gasps> and it's like my mm -hmm. inner masculine coming in to protect my inner feminine because it's like I've worked so hard to to um and this is what I'll ask you about in a sec as well feeling safe to receive we'll come back to this um okay. but yeah it's like to do all this work where you actually learn how to receive how to be that you're worthy of receiving 
and then you open yourself up you finally like open your heart you pull down all these walls and someone comes in and you respectfully say no and they do not accept your no and they keep pushing 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 and this is a super funny example but lately I've noticed it with um a lot of quote-unquote network marketers online so people that I don't even necessarily know or that I do know and that I've polite you know politely said hey awesome that you're doing a business I'm actually not interested and then I'm getting spammed and I'm saying no and they're like but can I send you my website anyway and it's, oh 10, and it's 10 o'clock at night and I just like have been so mindful of that and I was like isn't that interesting that actually is my masculine like coming in to protect my own myself my feminine um but yeah boundaries that was definitely one that I want to ask you about because it is important isn't it <laughs> Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, on the, on the note too, of what you just said with boundaries and, you know, we really all do have our own inner King and our own inner queen energy and our feminine is really rooted in being able to receive, which most of us have a lot of challenge to actually receive. Like most women I talk to have major, major receiving blocks, whether that's love, money, business, whatever, all of the above. Um, and they're often really focused on the giving piece, which often comes in in like the more of the toxic hyper kind of side of it, where we're so much on the other side of the spectrum that we're overgiving and depleting ourselves. Again, kind of from a place of self-sabotage, but in a healthy dynamic, the feminine is really able to receive. The masculine is able to give. And like, that's where the presence and everything comes in. Like if you think of a a relationship, there's always going to be one partner that's more feminine and more masculine, regardless of their gender. I mean, that could be same sex, different sex, whatever, but there's usually always going to be, for there to be proper polarity anyways, feminine and a masculine. And if you have both people in their masculine and everyone's just doing and giving and, you know, being in their purpose, there's not really going to be a lot of polarity. It just becomes kind of like roommates or bros or competition or you know things like that that there's not really that polarity there of being able to have the feminine that can really go into their emotions but that can be too much too if both partners let's say in a relationship are both really feminine Mm -hmm. then it's also really hard to like get shit done (laughs) and to communicate and stuff because sometimes there's just too much feminine chaos going on so we need to have that expressive feminine emotion, energy, creativity, but also, and this goes both in relationships, but also our relationship with ourselves to also have that stability, that security, that groundedness that the masculine really brings. Like to make it so simple, I really think of feminine masculine as a river. And if the feminine is the river, it's flowing, it's movement, it's motion, it's creativity, it's true life force energy moving. The masculine is equally as important in a healthy way because it's the riverbank and it gets shaped by the energy of the river, but it's there to be a grounded, you know, safe, secure structure that allows the motion to happen. And that is something that so many of us have like a warped relationship with where we go to these extremes. So in a healthy kind of way, that's how I like to think of it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so good. Okay. So I'm going to go back to, I've been thinking so much and reading so much and listening to so many podcasts about trauma. And Mm -hmm. a lot of this has come up through my own healing. Like last year I went through, I think I told you about this massive dark night of the soul. And it was just like, universe was like, here's all your shit. And I'm like, oh my God. Um, And I never really thought about it like this, right? Until it was suddenly in front of me. And I started to see like, oh my gosh, I had such a fear of receiving and feeling vulnerable and it it came from the fact that I didn't feel safe because I hadn't been safe most of my life I hadn't been safe to receive it hadn't been safe to be vulnerable and I just like this is where I kind of made all these aha moments in my head because I was like no wonder I was always in my masculine because I I had to protect myself. I was in constant defensive mode. Like it's not safe to let anyone close to you because they're going to hurt you. And like, I had, you know, the evidence to back that up, but I was like, okay, this is not going to serve me. This is not serving me. I need to somehow heal this so that I can actually learn to receive. So can you speak to this, this fear of, I love you speaking about women and how many of us have this block around receiving. Where does that come from? 
<laughs> That's a great question. I think, you know, on a, well, I guess really a couple big things. Number one, ancestrally, you know, if we look at the last hundred, couple hundred thousand years in human history, there hasn't really been a lot of support for the sem- for the feminine in terms of receiving, right? I mean, women were basically objects and yeah. um, property, but more or less. So there wasn't really yeah. a lot of focus for our ancestors when it came to, and I mean, I'm thinking in shorter, medium to shorter term history, you know, not going all the way back like thousands of years to Lemuria or, you know, even in Aboriginal communities where there was lots of mm-hmm. matriarchal societies. But since yeah. really the patriarchal times, women, there hasn't really been an emphasis on receiving receiving love, receiving support, you know, women were sold off for a dowry. And like, even in our parents' generation, our grandparents' generation, a lot of people weren't marrying for love. People were marrying for security. I mean, I remember even in high school for me, having friends who said, oh, I can't wait to find a rich husband one day. And so there was definitely still a lot of wanting to be supported from the masculine, yet not in a sacred union kind of way you know where the feminine really gets to like receive what they're looking for mm-hmm. um and that's where i feel like a lot of women are looking for either being a, like a, a man being the masculine for themselves because they feel like it's not safe otherwise out there because maybe they've yeah. been in an abusive relationship like i know i've been there so i'm like well i'll be my own king you know and it's like go to another extreme where i'm like i don't need a man you know i'm gonna take care of myself and so we kind of just shut off the receiving yeah. and it shows up in like little day-to-day things where you know, a lot of us are, say, walking into a grocery store, and there's a guy who's just a nice guy who says, here, let me grab the door for you. And it's like, nope, I got it. Like, there's just a lot of that. Nope, I got it. Like, I don't, I don't need help. Or, you know, I know I've had family members, um, friends, things over the years that just want to gift me something. It could be something small, like Jenna, I love to drop dinner off for you or you know I know you're not feeling well lately let me make you some chicken soup or whatever and I'm like I'm good I got this don't worry about me it's like an inconvenience for people Mm. to give and so a lot of us kind of have this weird energy that I think yeah ancestrally collectively just based on the patriarchal way that our society has been set up which is quickly shifting but we're still kind of in that transition Um, which is why cool conversations like this get to happen, which is awesome. Um, And then just even in our family dynamics and our own traumas we've experienced, schooling, like all of these things have really just kind of put women in a box (laughs) and haven't really made it feel safe to receive. It's like, maybe we think we're going to be indebted to someone, whether that's in a romantic way or family way, friendship way, but we're like, oh my God, if I receive, then I'm going to owe them something. Or I see this for women in business and they're like, well, if I sign a higher ticket client, well, then I have to over deliver. Like now I have to, I have to show up more and work more hours and be available 24 seven. Like there's all these weird patterns and stories that are running that receiving money, love, whatever requires something extra from us. Instead of us actually just saying, wow, thank you. Even if it's a compliment, instead of saying, oh really? Oh, I, am I actually really don't like my hair right now. It's super fucked up. Like just to say, wow, thanks, Monica, I really received that. And like, actually say it and feel it. Most of us can't do that. I know it's a practice for me. So I think that's where a lot of this receiving stuff comes, which is where things get pretty out of whack with the masculine feminine, because the feminine thrives from love, but also one of the core things for the feminine is to feel safe. Mm -hmm. And most of us don't feel safe in our bodies. We don't feel safe having money. We don't feel safe being in a loving relationship. You know, we don't feel safe to have a successful business. Like a lot of us don't feel safe and we're so addicted to being in survival that that is actually very familiar and comfortable to us. And so it doesn't actually feel safe on a weird biological level to have more than that and to receive more than that because we associate that basically with like death and danger, you know, the witch wound stuff comes up. So it actually feels very dicey, very dangerous for a lot of us to receive more because we think there's bad stuff attached to that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so much resonating. There is this sort of sense of vulnerability, isn't it? Like like you feel exposed, Mm -hmm. like wide open. Like if I'm, if I'm happy, if I'm um, showing up online, I'm open to criticism, rejection, like all these sorts of things. Anything could go wrong. I don't feel safe. Therefore, Mm -hmm. and then we're not taught how to actually heal as well. Or even 
how to manage our emotions or that it's okay to have emotions. No, you should be happy all the time. If you're not happy, then you should take a pill or go get a boyfriend or distract yourself with social media. (laughs) Totally. And when we don't feel safe, we move out of our heart space, which is really what allows us to expand in the feminine. We get into our head space, which is more in the masculine. And then we're just thinking that's where everything starts to spiral. That's where we start to overanalyze things. And that's basically the opposite from being in our true feminine alignment when we're in our head over our heart. Yeah. Yes. Oh, this is so good. Okay. How do we begin to create that feeling of safety for ourselves? Let's say we're someone who's right at the start of their sort of their healing journey, their spiritual journey let's say you've got a bunch of childhood trauma stuff. How do you actually even start with that? This is a really good question. I know it sounds a little cliche, but it's definitely different for all of us, of course, because we all have different experiences of what's going to resonate, you know, what feels safe or unsafe, but you know, a couple things at a high level for the example you gave me is I think number one, feeling like you have support that might be therapy that might be a coach or a mentor. It might be a community, it might be all of the above, but definitely not feeling alone because that's yeah. one of the classic things. If someone doesn't feel safe, then they just lone wolf it and don't set themselves up for success because then when more stuff comes up, they, it just compiles. So I think that's really important to learn strategies as well as have support to actually integrate because yeah. a lot of us can like read a book or listen to a podcast and have all these like little ping, ping, ping activations going off for us. But it's the actual implementation of these things that truly makes the big difference. So if someone is going deeper on their healing, you know, they're identifying, oh my God, I really don't feel safe to receive more money or have the life that I want. Like it, it doesn't feel congruent. And there's like a big gap, you know, where we feel like, wow, okay, I can kind of see where I want to be. This is where I am. And then it just feels like the void in between. One of the things that I, this kind of ties in more to manifestation, but to me, it also directly ties in with fear and all of this stuff too, is number one, a lot of the time our goals don't really excite us. So if someone is wanting to heal or expand their consciousness or more money or whatever it is, it's not about setting even a goal. The more I've gone on this journey, I don't even really like goals. I don't really set like a financial goal or this goal or that goal. I definitely set intentions and I also connect to my vision. And this is where I feel like a lot of people don't have clarity on their vision. Yes, maybe they've made a manifestation board. Um, they have some ideas, but because it doesn't feel safe, a lot of the time we don't really let ourselves dream and truly go there. So that's actually very healing in itself to just explore. Well, how would it feel if I had 10 clients? How would it feel if I met a partner? How would it feel? Because if we can start to connect to that and go, whoa, it doesn't feel safe. And remind me if I forget, I have a couple shadow work things I'll mention in a minute. Um, If it doesn't feel safe, well, then we just kind of don't go there. And then it's kind of that whole idea of money being an amplifier. Um, Whether it's money or not, our soul if we don't feel safe and we don't feel good about it, it's like not going to gravitate us toward it, whether it's love, money, whatever. It's just like, uh, I don't want to create more things. You're having trouble right now. Why would we, why would we go there? And then the other thing is if we have a vision, let's say of having a great business, having a great partner, feeling good in our bodies, etc., cetera. Yeah. And we don't really know what's on the other side of that. So I'll just give an example of, let's say someone wants to meet their soulmate and in their career, whatever they do, like make more money than they are now. If that's like all they've like thought of and like put on their board or whatever, and that's it, our soul basically goes to like caveman times and says, I don't really know what's on the other side of that. Mm-hmm. Like, is that partner going to be good? Is that going to be another abusive partner? I know it says like says sacred partner, but is it really, is it, this going to be bad? Because last time, like she got really hurt. Like this is bad. Yeah. And wow, like right now she's making 5k a month, but she's burnt out there's so much responsibility. If we double that to 10K a month, that doesn't feel very good. That's probably not very safe. I don't know if she can handle that. So our soul is just like moving it away. So something that we can do on our healing and our manifestation journey is to connect to what I call the vision beyond the vision. 
And that's to actually go beyond and more than likely it's going to evolve, right? We don't have all the answers. It's not about knowing, but it's about being able to connect to, well, what could be on the other side of that? Like, let's say if we're manifesting a soulmate, all right, well, if I met the man of my dreams and he checks off all these boxes, well, like, what would that look like a year from now? Like, would we, would we be traveling full time? Would we, would I want to get married? Would I want kids? Like, what would that potentially look like? And our soul kind of relaxes and goes, it sounds better over there. Like, I think that's really good. Or if we think about, well, you know, okay, if I did double my income, I'm definitely going to hire that assistant. I'm definitely going to take the time off. You know, I'm definitely going to plan this vacation. And again, our soul's like, oh, so on the other side of this, it's a lot safer. So we can apply that with our healing journey too. And it's like, if I slay these monsters and face off with these traumas and get support, well, what's on the other side of that? And I'm like, well, you know, feeling more confident, feeling more this, feeling more that. And I'm like, oh, okay. It like motivates us to keep moving towards it. And then it also allows us to, kind of move through those fears and realize like, yes, they're there, but they're just kind of in the backseat while we're driving towards the destination. Like we're still in control of the vehicle. We're not necessarily in control of everything, but we're in control of the progress, you know, in motion that we're in towards what we say we desire. And that to me, you know, as we're healing, because we're all healing, makes it a lot more of an empowering versus disempowering position wherever we are on our journey to keep moving towards it without it feeling so scary without it feeling unsafe because we haven't explored what's on the other side so I know that's a bit of a rant so I'll pause there no I I love that that honestly I've just written down here vision beyond the vision that is so awesome and what I was just thinking about is you know like I've I've almost finished studying NLP and so thinking about that in terms of the unconscious mind is so powerful because um basically the fact that you can see the vision beyond the vision means that the vision itself is safe. So it's, it assumes that because exactly. that because that's safe. So then of course the whole body is naturally going to go, ah, oh, okay, cool. So it makes it and way more accessible. That's so powerful. Wow. Totally. And then yeah. it doesn't make it feel so far away. You know, if you want to go from 5k to 10k a month, well, if you've looked at, well, what would your life be at 20k a month? Like now yeah. the 10k a month doesn't feel so audacious and scary and crazy. Cause you're like, oh, that's just a milestone to the bigger thing. And like, we can apply that when it comes to our body and being in the best health, when it comes to a soulmate, when it comes to our purpose, like all of those things become less crazy and far out there for us to sabotage when we've connected to the other side. So it's, it's definitely been a game changer for me to connect into those things. Yeah. And I guess Tope, because we're not looking at it like it's the end. Like, okay, my soulmate is here. Like, oh my God, it's like your whole life is leading up to that moment. But actually that thing of, it just, yeah, it makes it smaller, doesn't it? It totally makes it a little like bite-sized chunk instead of this massive thing. Oh, I love that. Man, that's a game-changing tip. So good. <laughs> okay. Oh, let's come back to your shadow work tips that oh, you were going to talk about. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just on the note of healing and how this all fits in. And I mean, that could be a whole episode in itself, but I feel like we should just touch on it is, yeah. you know, sh- I mean, there's so many elements to shadow work, but in a nutshell, and if we're thinking about it from the context of the conversation we're having today, if, if we're not where we want to be, which I mean, for most of us, to some extent is all of us, like we all have a next level, right? So yeah. we are what we are a match for in this moment. And if we have reoccurring patterns that keep coming up, maybe it's boundaries, maybe it's money, whatever, where it just seems like we're having trouble pushing through. Mm. One of the best things on the more healing side of things that, I mean, I've done, I've done with clients is to go more into the shadows because sometimes it's not just about the love and light manifestation, like all the fun stuff. (laughs) Sometimes it's also really looking at the shadows and making peace with and getting okay with the fact that there's like a part of us that like really gets off from whatever, whatever, whatever negative kind of thing, so to speak, that we're experiencing. So if we, you know, oh, let's say keep almost getting to 10k a month or something, and then something always happens, and then we keep dropping back down to like five or whatever it is that's like a wealth energy thing but there's also like some shadow elements at play there where part of us probably doesn't feel worthy to receive it part of us actually gets pleasure 
from feeling like we're in survival because it's familiar to us. And so really diving into the shadows on a healing element has yeah. been such a critical thing as well. Of, and being okay with the fact that there's kind of like a, like a kinky part of us that really gets pleasure <laughs> from all of these things. And if anyone's listening to this and you want to go deeper on shadow work, um, if this is like a newer thing to you and you're listening, then um, the book, I can't remember who the author is, but it's called Existential Kink. Really good book Ooh, for so, just some really practical yeah. shadow work exercises, like meditations, journaling exercises, um, if you want to dive into some of the shadows and then learn how to integrate some of it. Because sometimes integration is like hardcore therapy or whatever, but sometimes it's actually just witnessing that part of us. And then by witnessing it, it's like, then it's not sneaky, you know, running under the surface and we can see it. And then it's deeper self-acceptance. And then we also have a higher level of awareness that, oh, like maybe that's why I keep being in bad relationships. Like I actually kind of in a weird sadistic way, I'm not saying we deserve these things, but I'm also saying there's a part of us that craves it on some level or it's familiar to us or whatever it is so like going through that journey of going deeper into it can be really quite liberating as well for us to feel more in our power and more in our flow and in our balance when it comes to our energetic states and everything of how we operate because we can kind of yeah. identify these sneaky things going on under the surface too that can be really running our lives yeah oh I love that so much and I think too that the shadow stuff for me is where I really learned how to be compassionate with myself instead yeah. of being in the present and being like oh I should have this and I did it and all those old stories I was like oh my gosh I can actually see where this belief came from that that stemmed from a survival thing or whatever and it was like so I could have compassion for my little child that learned how to do that as a way of protecting myself so instead of now being like I'm just too weak or any of that crap it's like I can heal that belief and write a new story which is so liberating and it's like you really learn to get on side with yourself instead of being yeah. at war with yourself which I get which is all part of the learning how to receive isn't it because you can't why would you ever want to learn like be open to receiving if you yourself are con like constantly attacking and criticizing yourself yeah and these these things <laughs> of allowing us to figure it out can really help us shift into a more healthy dynamic of being in our power like even I was running some of these shadow work exercises recently uh, because I have a family member who is suicidal they're homeless like lots of sad really unfortunate things going on and I really was noticing in myself how much anxiety I was having um, and guilt and shame and all of these things coming up for like me feeling like I'm having success, them having this like total duality to what I'm experiencing. Mm. And when I dug into it, something that really was interesting, because sometimes it's more of our soul, you know, will give us some answers. And I'm like exploring, like, why is the cycle going on for me between this person and what came up for me is that I'm actually feeling like what I'm getting out of those guilt and shames emotions for, for me is a level of feeling like I have control and that I can manipulate the situation. So I feel like then mm -hmm. I have a chance of changing the situation because I'm feeling those emotions. And so by being aware of that, I was like, huh, okay, so this is actually a control issue. And it's not just a, oh, I'm feeling guilt and shame. And then I just keep, you know, repeating those emotions and that feeling which isn't changing that person's situation and it puts me back in that savior complex yeah. and infuses it into all of my stuff so I was like oh okay so this is more of a control thing obviously yes I still have compassion for them and so I've also set boundaries and things too but it was really eye-opening for me to realize oh like that's like the seek like sneaky statistic part of me that was kind of getting off a little bit on feeling like I had a level of control and maybe I could manipulate and change the situation. That's not my thing to change by feeling bad about it. So those kinds of things, you know, make such a big difference because then I was able to move through it and have my biggest financial month this month. It's like, I still care about that person, but I'm also not making it my own at the same time. Yeah. Oh, isn't shadow the craziest? Like the stuff that comes out in my journaling sessions and I'm sitting there having these like life-changing aha moments at my table and you're just like, whoa, like I've just, you know, oh, the guidance that comes through the, um, the learning your limiting beliefs and how they've manifested, it is so incredible, the power that we have. But also what I, I want to um, talk about as well is just 
the courage that that takes like I what you've just said is so beautiful and it sounds so like poetic but what I want people to understand is like the courage that it takes to sit and be self-aware and 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 actually acknowledge to yourself with honesty where we have been doing things that maybe haven't served us and then loving ourselves enough to move forward compassionately takes so much courage and power like this is just not stuff that we're taught how to do it. and I love just speaking to people like you Jenna who are such mess examples of how we do this like you go embody it you know like it's it's so cool to see okay now what's the time we've got seven minutes I'm gonna quickly <laughs> run through if that's all right a couple of questions sure. um what I would love to get into is the energetics so you know you've referenced having your biggest month ever from doing way less and what I would love to talk about more is that and in particular sure. um the first thing would be this will be like two parts part a okay. will be around what happens so when we're in that hustle energy right let's say we've got a goal and we're following what we're taught which is just smash it smash it smash it until you break it what is happening in an energetic level when we're smashing against resistance from that place of it's not working it's hard it's hustle that would be the first bit and then the next bit would be how is that different to what you've done <laughs> Oh, this is a good question. Well, I think one of the big things is it's definitely been a, a process. And I can honestly say that for me, I really thrive off of kind of making big decisions and stuff, but that can also be a little bit of sabotage at the same time. Like, I mean, I've moved around a lot. I'm like constantly in motion, call it um, in, in human design, I'm a bit of a generator. And I, I am a generator, but I'd call it the generator effect where it's like, boom, 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 boom. You yeah. know, that also contributed to adrenal fatigue. Um, so yeah. one, of the, <laughs> one of the things now that I've seen is really for a lot of us being able to make a sacral yes or no decision, you know, like for so often we're making head logic based decisions before we're checking in with our heart and with our gut. So really tuning into, does it feel like a fuck yes? Or does it feel like a fuck no? You know, really treating that time and energy as sacred. And one of the other big things that pops in for me is linking pleasure to success, really reprogramming our relationship to success in all areas, you know, yeah. money, relationships, otherwise, because so many of us have all these things running underneath and our energy is all out of sync and everything else going on that we, let's say, for me, like I built a multi six figure business by hustling, basically, even though I told myself I wasn't, I was, mm -hmm. and that was evidence for me that I'm like, oh, okay, well by pushing harder, I can create money, right? It doesn't mean we can't create from that place, but we'll cap out eventually. But I started to see too, like all of my programs running were associating success to working harder, yeah. all of these things. And so I've had to really recalibrate the relationship to success among other things by linking things like pleasure and nourishment to it so what that looks like for me is say if i enroll a new client in my business before contracting and then going into old thoughts of oh my god what if this is the only one what if you know blah 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 it's like stop and go for a walk or stop and dance or you know actually link pleasure to success with things in real time instead of linking it to scarcity survival whatever so just like these common little tiny things and even this month I've allowed myself to redefine a lot of things by having a really flowing month and then it's like now I'm creating like amplified relationship and context to those things because I'm having a flowing month then I'm creating the results then I'm flowing more then I'm seeing more results and now there's a lot more new programs happening of saying oh well when you relax more things happen and it's like I've still been doing stuff but that's been one of the big things for me on this journey is recalibrating to link things like pleasure to success and doing it intentionally because we don't just like have more orgasms and then have more success and then put those things together and think okay that those that's happening simultaneously it's like we have to really bring our intention into that as well yeah 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 so good okay so again another very practical question mm -hmm. I'm really curious to to learn this from you the balance between I need to rest and I'm sabotaging 
like I know we've kind of touched on this before but in the in the moment right like let's say let's say you wake up in the morning and you just feel so funky let's say you actually have one of these mornings you wake up and you're just like um that sound was if you missed it the first time um how what is your thought process around okay do I actually need a break versus like what do I need how how do you deal with that I love this because this is a real thing for me and for many. Um, Me personally is every day I start my day off by I'm going to choose how I want to feel today. So let's say I've had a really shitty sleep. And even like this last week, I've had a few nights where I had like crazy things, you know, between being anxious about my family member to having weird alien experiences to (laughs) everything in between. I've had some really weird sleeps and woke up and just felt totally depleted, not really inspired. Um, but for me to then say, well, I just need to do nothing today feels more like self-sabotage as opposed to how, how can I get my energy, you know, get my energy realigned today. And I don't put pressure with that of saying, okay, well now I need to do 200,000 things, but I do allow myself to reset, you know, go for a walk, do whatever, and then assess instead of like letting it set the tone for my whole day. Mm. And then really at the same time paired with compassion for myself. Like this entire month, I had a plan of doing a Facebook Live every day. I don't know if I've done any because I just really haven't felt inspired in that way. I've shown up in other ways, but in that way I haven't been inspired. So if I just stop showing up in always, self-sabotage. But I've been really compassionate with myself that I haven't really felt like being on video and that's okay. And I can create results in other ways. And so that's where I feel like I allow myself that. And then at the same time, still having time truly off because if we're in a funk and I remember I was in a funk like a week ago and I didn't feel like doing anything. And I was like 3 PM and I was still basically in bed and it just couldn't really motivate myself. So I feel like that's the time where we got to shake up the energy a little bit. It might not be with working or whatever we had planned, but I'm like, let's just go for a hike. Like, let's just get outside. And an hour later, I'm like, everything felt better. And then as a ripple effect, the next day I felt so much better. So I think that's where we kind of ride the line with sabotage of letting it just continue and then repeat versus just allowing ourselves, you know, I gave myself like all day basically to just be in the void. Then I went for a walk and came back and just integrated. I didn't make myself do anything, but then the next day I felt so much more inspired. And so sometimes we need just a veggie couch day all day. It's not about going for a hike per se. But it's like, then if you wake up the next day and you still feel kind of low vibe, well, maybe you're not having another couch veggie day and now you're going to go for a walk or like do something. And that's been kind of the big thing for me. And, you know, I'll say on a weekend, I still find it hard to just do nothing. Um, I've started taking weekends and not (laughs) really working. So for me, it's not usually about just watching movies and chilling. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's actually just being more embodied and not feeling obligated to do those things as well so kind of just really honoring our needs day to day but catching ourselves if we feel like it's turning into like a pattern (laughs) to break it um if yeah hopefully that makes sense it totally does yeah and I love that because it's just so like counterintuitive to what we're taught isn't it by conventional sort of traditional coaches of consistency is key just show up every day and it's like I don't want to show up on a live when I feel like shit and have nothing interesting to say and I don't actually feel good at all. Like, I don't want to put that energy out. <laughs> totally. And that's where it's like, we got to find the balance because unless I'm really ill or something, I basically don't cancel on paying clients and stuff in my business. Like if I'm feeling bad, I'm not just going to cancel my call, but I'm also not going to show up and not be in service to clients by being in a weird, funky energy. So yeah. I'll intentionally go outside or like do something to get my energy up for that call. Even if that means at the end of the day, then I'm going to go back to doing nothing. Um, But kind of rally, you know, versus ignoring if we're truly actually, like I've had a day where I just felt so blah and had a migraine. One of the days was you and I had a podcast. I'm like, I'm not going to record a good podcast when I'm like this. So like Mm. I messaged you, we moved it. And so being able to kind of ride that line between sometimes pushing through, but also knowing when to, move stuff or clear your schedule or whatever because you know you're not your energy is not in the right place and I think a lot of us don't give ourselves permission to do that and so that's kind of like strengthening that muscle of just trusting when we need to move stuff versus push through 
Yeah, totally. That comes back to boundaries, doesn't it? Um, totally. Uh, and like, yeah, you've got to have such self-compassion and self-worth in order to be able to even do that, to be able to get out of that people-pleasing, your needs are more important than mine mode, cool. <laughs> which has been like one of the biggest lessons for me as well, is actually saying no and meaning it. Like, and that whole thing of no is a complete sentence, you mm-hmm. know? Totally. <laughs> okay, but anyway, we're 103. Um, <laughs> there are honestly like 20 podcasts that could come off this. Like, it's such good, such good stuff. Um, and can I ask you one more question super quick and then I'll let mm-hmm. you go. Um, I've just written here, fear of what happens if we stop. So by that, I mean... When we're first shifting, like learning how to be present and to just stop, like for me as well, I was always like, right, I have my list of things that I thought I'll do this, I'll do this, I'll do this. But then when I, when I shifted into this energy of waiting to receive the inspired guidance, like how, how do you support people to move through that fear of, oh my God, but if I don't show up live for 30 days, no one will buy my product. Or if I don't, you know, send a hundred people on my Facebook friends a message today, no one, like my business will fail. How do you help navigate that particular fear? I think that's a really great question. The first thing that pops into my head for me is starting to create evidence in other ways. Yeah. So instead of fixating on, oh my God, what's going to happen if I don't do a live every day for 30 days, it's like, give ourselves permission for that. Even if we have resistance, you know, also digging into like, why, you know, because sometimes I'll give an example. Like I was talking to a client recently who really wants to get on video more and specifically to do more of like ecstatic dance and stuff with her embodiment. Cause that's a lot of her business. And at first she was like, yeah, I'm just not really feeling like doing it lately. So you know, if we're just giving a surface answer, whether this is to ourselves or a client or someone asking us or whatever, mm. sometimes we need to go a bit deeper than that. Because then when I asked her, you know, why and what was going on, we went like 10 levels deeper into it. Eventually what we undercovered, what we uncovered was there was a couple of other things that were actually feeding into it, such as her grandparents follow her on social media. And so she felt kind of awkward about them seeing her getting into her next level of self-expression her sister told her that she's too skinny and looks stupid dancing on TikTok and no one wants to see that because it makes bigger women like her feel uncomfortable. You know, like there was all these other things that actually were playing yeah. into her being more visible. So it wasn't really about her not vibing with yeah. doing videos. It was like carrying all this other stuff of why she shouldn't do videos. Mm. So to just at that point, I'm just using that example to just start doing written stuff. Yeah. Like that's still going to have this underlying thing still going on and so sometimes we need to really get into the shadows and some of the other stuff going on of why that fear is there or why that resistance is there because then we have like that choice point of like do we burn through it create a strategy to move through it do we actually just go in another direction um versus the times where say for me this month just not really feeling that inspired i was supposed to do lives i was planning to do a webinar i didn't feel like doing it but I asked myself, well, what am I inspired to do instead? Yeah. And when I tuned into that, I'm like, oh, I feel like writing a lot more. Um, and I also just started to look for evidence in other ways, instead of fixating on that and how it has to look one way. I was yeah. open to that or something better. I, I kept asking myself, like, how does it get any better than this? What else is possible? And I swear to God, people just like come out of the woodworks. Like people are like, oh my God, I've been following you for years. I'm like, really? We've never, I don't even know who you are. And they're like, take my money. I'm in. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to join your certification. I'm like, amazing. They're like, you know what, actually sign me up for the year long mastermind. Like I'm in. It's like, okay, like we haven't even talked before, but I'm excited to work together. Um, but I feel like if I'd fixated on being mad at myself for like not following the plan, so to speak, that probably wouldn't have happened because I wouldn't really been receptive to opening that. Maybe I wouldn't have even checked my messages. You know, maybe I wouldn't have written the posts that inspired that person. So I think it's about equal parts going into the depths of why, you know, whatever's coming up is coming up, but also giving ourselves permission to like look in other places for those things to come on. Cause we get our like blinders on where we just think it's gotta be one way. It's gotta happen this way when instead from more of a manifestation standpoint, if we think about things from the space of, you know, when you get in the energy of how I'm going to make this happen, like I'm going to, I got to get 10 clients or I got to, you know, I'm going to make it happen to make 
5k this month or whatever it is. It's like very forced. Mm -hmm. And then usually that comes with a side dish of thinking how it's supposed to look. Um, Instead, shifting more into an energy state of what if it was already done? You know, what if it's already yours? What if it's already happening? What if it's guaranteed? And you're just accelerating the process, you know, by doing your lives or doing your journaling or whatever the thing is, like, we're just speeding up what is inevitable, which takes the pressure off too, of thinking, oh my God, it has to be done in one way. It's like, no, it doesn't. Whatever feels aligned and exciting and expansive for us is how we can best show up because it's not our job to make things happen. We're just supporting what's already going to happen because we're ready to receive it. So that to me is also on the receiving stuff. It makes it easier to receive it because there's not so much pressure around it because we're just simply speeding up what is already happening. I love that. That's that vision beyond the vision again. Totally. That that has to be the name of this podcast. (laughs) That is a cool name for a podcast, Beyond the Vision. Love it. Okay, that is so amazing. Thank you so much for today. I'm so excited we've got this. I had uh, several people request this topic. Shout out to Lisette in particular. Um, (laughs) So honestly this is so helpful so amazing thank you so much i appreciate you so much you are so welcome awesome and i can't wait to have you come back again please at some point (laughs) i love our chats i love them they're so good i'm just like i'm buzzing now after that (laughs) anytime (laughs) all right we'll take extra good care of you thank you so much and um yeah let everyone let everyone share the insights that they have can't wait to hear thank you Awesome. See ya. Bye. Thanks so much for listening, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. I would love to hear your aha moments. Please share on your stories and tag me so I can celebrate with you. And be sure to connect with me online. I'm on Instagram at mon3.0. And find me on YouTube by searching Monica Ferguson. Have an amazing week. And remember that you are so inherently worthy. You are so loved and you belong. All my love, guys. See you soon.